Hey guys, this is Brad. Just wanted to take a minute to thank you, the listener, for listening and proving you have a growth mindset. Our mission is to curate information from the top influencers around the world. We provide you with real, actionable steps on how to improve in any and every area of your life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, C-suite executive, or just starting your journey of self-development, professional development is all about growth. And you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. If you enjoy this content, please help us by liking, sharing, and subscribing. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome to the refresh. Nope, no. Sight, no, nope, no, no, no. <laughs> we just we talked keep about it. this. We gotta what? keep it. How, how people fuck it up. Yeah. We don't understand how they now fuck it needs, up. Now he needs the beer. He's nervous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. You're yeah. Your game today. There we go. Hey guys, welcome to the Professional Development Podcast. Today is Tuesday, October 19th. Uh, and we've got on a very familiar face, but this time we're in person instead of virtual. And you've, oh my, oh my gosh. Oh Wow, did See I do ya. that? <laughs> Matt is off the podcast no, today. No, you I gonna, lost my job. You were going to say Andy for sales wife. No, no, no. That probably wouldn't work. That's worse. the last thing we wanted to do. That would have definitely been worse. <laughs> hey, can somebody else do this? Because he obviously uh, is a yes. first-timer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree 100%. <laughs> hey, guys, you're here with Emily Forsella. I am a guest on the Professional yeah. Development Emily's Podcast. Emily's going to go ahead and take Thank this. Thank you for tuning in. We are now live because last time we had to do it via Zoom because everybody was on lockdown with the pandemic. So welcome to the show. We're going to cash through a lot of shit today. So we're looking forward to it. So, Rich, yes, we're using that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, seriously, uh, Emily, thank you so much for coming on. So before we get Thanks rolling, me. Um, I wanted to congratulate you on being the first ever recurring guest on our podcast. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Do I need to have an acceptance speech? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a big so the, our first question is, where does this fall on your list of all-time achievements? Um, let's see. Where's the end of the list at? I think yeah. it's like no. <laughs> say it's got to be on the first page, right? Yeah. I'm probably just gonna get a tattoo of it. There it's just, we go. It's, it's so sentimental to me. Now we're talking. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, realistically, congrats on your one year anniversary for Paper and Plan Co. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Who is this guy today? <laughs> anniversary? <laughs> Did I say anniversary it's, wrong? It's 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 French. Can you <laughs> smell burning toast right now? Are you having a stroke? Guys, I must have had a longer weekend than I thought. So the anniversary was great. Thank yes. You. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, he did just finish oh phase goodness. one last Wednesday. Oh, and, cool. Uh, and then he spent the weekend in Florida tearing it up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Overserved, <laughs> eating like shit. No, but isn't that wild though? After you get off of it, because you're not used to that, like, and you eat like quote normal or like you know not healthy food. Yeah. You feel so sick, and you just feel totally off. Like you do get like a brain legit brain fog. I mean, I'm not giving you that as an excuse, but I'm just saying like. Right. He, he was just, just talking about no that excuse. whenever we were in the lobby. He was no. talking about how he's like, I just feel awful. No, you need like a three day <laughs> get back to like eating healthy and drinking a lot of water to like for real. Like, to no, that's that what up. got me out. Like, got me to work out like this morning because I was just like, I feel like shit and it's because I haven't been doing anything good yeah. for my body whatsoever. Yeah. Because yeah. it was like, you're like, oh, I just want a little break and then you do it and you're like, oh, I feel sick. I feel brain, you know what I mean? You just, you feel fatigued. And, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's just best like, yeah, just get back to it. A hundred percent. So what's been, uh, what's been going on this last year since you've, uh, since you've come, guys, you got to stop looking at me like that. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, this, we're just, this, we're this, waiting for the wait, next wait, fuck this up. This last year. <laughs> I, I, I was like, <laughs> No, it's still. <laughs> the what? You said like this, this past year. Yeah, you, you guys are getting really, really specific on how I'm fucking up here. It's so <laughs> obvious though. For Actually, us. it's not specific. Okay. Very, <laughs> no. Oh, so boy. this past year, uh, no, just uh, with Paper and Plan Co. Got that going on. We've got a lot of stuff going on with Andy's brand. Um, I work with his brand as well. Um, Arte has been great. Our Arte Syndicate, which is our entrepreneur program, and uh, just you know. Just the daily maintenance of, you know, drinking from a fire hose of to-do list that's too long that you'll never catch up on, but yep. you, just, you look hopeful every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. it's good. It's a good problem. You know what I mean? Like, I thrive in chaos. I like the hecticness. I like having, you know, a full day. So yeah. I actually wouldn't want it any other way. So Right. And yeah. you were, we were talking about this a little bit before. You've been having issues because of, um, and I guess, Brad, you were going to talk a little bit about the supply chain, right? Yeah. So in my business, I own a fabrication business where mm -hmm. we need metal. and trying to get metal right now is like almost impossible. It's not impossible, but right. you have to plan ahead. Yeah. You have to hope that you're going to use it. Mm -hmm. And being that you sell planners, obviously yeah. they're date specific. And I would imagine like right now has got to be like probably when you start to see most of your sales gearing yeah. up towards Christmas time and the New Year's. Right. So how are you handling your supply chain? Because it's got to be an issue. It is. And it, was, it started actually when I launched last year, it was already an issue because of COVID and stuff. So I was already experiencing like issues with that. And, you know, I was supposed to get them 
Last year, I should have had them in August, and then I was told September, then October, then November. They didn't show up until like the 10th of December, and people want them for Christmas and New Year's and stuff. So last year, I actually had the, so in December 2020, I had already ordered my 2022 planners, knowing it was going to be an issue. And it took, again, about six months for that. Well, then I, now that the supply chain issue is so on everybody's radar, um, a couple of my printers have reached out and both of the same exact thing, like, hey, we need to plan a lot more for this. Um, so I'm ordering my planners again now, even a month earlier, because they're saying it's, you know, at least a six-month lead because there's a paper shortage. And they put a cap on how many you can order at a time. So like, I can order X amount, and then in 30 days, I can order that amount again, but they don't let you order... Um, your bulk at the same time yeah. if it's over a certain quantity. But the problem with that comes is trickling down is that then you don't get your bulk discount for ordering. So it's hard because then you have the quote inflation or you know yeah. you have to increase your price because I'm no longer getting those those good deals or those price breaks that I once was because I can only order my smaller quantity. So now it's like, okay, well now the planner has to be $3 more expensive next year. You know, So it is a big issue and people are seeing it from all effects and it's a trickle down. So if you haven't felt it now, you will end up feeling it. Whether you're a business or you're a consumer, whatever, it's going to it's gonna hit everybody. Yeah, and as a business owner, like you, you just touched on it, you have to, like you don't want to raise the prices. Absolutely not, but, right. But at the end of the day, it, it has to happen. Yeah. So how do you find that like middle ground of like, okay, well, what's a happy medium where, you know, I'm still making the same amount of money, but the consumer is not sitting here like, oh, well, this is the same yeah. planner yeah. Well, paper material that I had a year ago. Yeah. So I already ran my numbers for 2023. And basically, I have just accepted the fact, being a business owner, you are at the bottom of the barrel. You know what I mean? Like the whole like, oh, pay yourself first type of thing. No, I'm the last to get paid. So I just decided, okay, 2023, I'm going to, because the thing is, I have my labor. I do free shipping on my orders and shipping has gone up. The supplies went up. So I was like, okay, I just won't take a paycheck then for 2023. And that's the thing is like a business owner of like, where is that? Are you okay with, you know, you taking a cut or sacrificing or not taking a check? Because I want to keep all my employees running. I need to hire about four more people. I'm getting ready to move into a commercial location. So I need to hire more staff there. So that is the easiest fix for me. And, you know, if I was, if it was my only business, I would maybe have to kind of rethink that. But however, like I do have other streams of income. So then it's not as a big, a big deal to me. But it is finding like, where is that happy medium at where I can still keep my employees? I can still serve my customers, right? So I decided, okay, my planner has to be $3 more expensive to help offset it. And that's literally just to cover the inflation yeah. or the, the, the what I'm going to incur. And then I'll just manage the rest. Because the thing is like, I don't want to uh, have to lay anybody off or anything yeah, for that. Yeah, that makes sense. And you're talking about growing uh, your, your company, right? You Correct. already have planned to hire some more people. Yeah. How is that going during like the great resignation? right now, which is like people, nobody's working, everybody's quitting their job. And actually candidates have a pretty diverse pool in terms of like, they have so many options Mm -hmm. that it's, I believe it's turning everybody like super fucking lazy. And like people are no showing. Are you having any issues finding others? No, actually it's, I don't know if it's because planning is kind of like hot right now because you have these organizing pages. And I mean, I'm into all that stuff anyway. So like I follow those pages, but I actually have, you know, a lot of women that, because it's a women owned and operated business. And I have a lot of them reaching out that want to work with me yep. um, within the company. So it's just a matter of me, once I get this other location, then I can actually have other people come in and work. Because right now, you know, my warehouse is in the back of our HQ here. And my office is at our home in my studio where that's where all my girls work right now yeah. whenever they're in office. And I don't have the capacity to have more people in that office. And I don't want to have people just at my house or here all the time. So I need one place where people can go and report to every single day. Got it. So yeah, there hasn't, I haven't experienced that yet. But then again, you know how it is. People are like, oh, I want to do this. And then when it comes down to it, they may not be as interested. So fingers crossed, I won't run into that issue. But it is, I know it's the people that I coach in their businesses. It's a huge thing right now. It's like they're paying people that should make $12 an hour, $20 an hour just to work. And then what happens is it eats into their profit margin. Well, then they get kind of where they're in a corner where they can't hire anymore because they're overpaying people for the work just to have them be able to show up or they'll hire four people and three show up and then two quit. And it's just, it's impossible so, right now. Yeah. So what is your advice to the people you coach in that situation? Because that's something I'm dealing with yeah. right now. You know? yeah. So I'd be like, what are your, What's your opinion in terms of like why that's happening too? Well, I think people just need to sweeten the pot. You know, it's not necessarily like, oh, I have to pay you all this because we have to remember this is a temporary type of issue. And if you promise someone $20 an hour and when they hit their 90 day, six month, a year, they're going to want to raise, not understanding that they're already getting overpaid for actually right. what they're producing at the moment. 
So there's other ways to incentivize people. Is that something where they get a bonus per piece? Or is it, um, I call it like, um, we do like piecemeal work or it's performance pay. So if you reach these certain numbers, then you get a bonus paid out. So that's something that I find effective because then they want to work harder at, let's say they would make $12 an hour and you decide, okay, I'll pay them 14, just to sweeten it a little bit more. But then if they can crank out 200 pieces of XYZ a day, then that goes on the docket. If they can do that for 30 days, then they'll get, you know, a $300 bonus or 200, whatever right. it might be. Yeah. So that's a way to do it to where you're not locking yourself into payroll wise, because then you always have to remember too, is that that comes with your taxes and, you know, it kind of affects everything mm. else. And if you can just bonus them out or give them like a visa prepaid gift card or something like that. So with that, with that being said too, so one of the things that I was curious about is the culture that you guys are building there. Um, Cause it is hard to hire people yeah. right now. Um, so what would you say the culture of uh, your Paper company Mike. is and how are, I guess, how did you get there? And yeah. then where is it going? Okay. So it's, I adopt the same values that I've always had. And that's what I've created my core values out of. And my core values have actually come from mistakes I made in my business when I was like 20. And so those, I have nine core values and that they are posted on our wall in our office. And then all the girls, um, they have required reading materials to read. I buy them their books. And then every six to eight weeks, they get a new book to read that instills the values of that, you know, or just good self-development books. It might be like, I love Atomic Habits. That's always my go-to. Leadership by John Maxwell is like a must read by people. Um, so we have that. And then it's, I actually call, you know, not actually, I call them out on their work, either bad or good. So one of my girls sent me um, a swipe up for our story and there was a misspelling in it. And I sent it back. I said, is this your best work? Which are one of our core values. Number seven is make it your best work. And she looked at it and she's like, no, it's not. And she sends it back. She's like, okay, this is my best work. And I'll just say like, okay, are you sure now? You know, and just kind of like <laughs> razz her a little bit. And it, but the thing is, is that you only have to do that a couple, you know, two or three times before they really start to um, hone in on the details, you know, because women by nature just seem to be more detailed anyway. But when you start to point those things out, instead of just letting it slide, that's what builds that culture of excellence. And they want to do good. And they, they don't want to have you come back and say like, well, did you actually, you know, think big and or were you innovative in this? And they're like, well, no, I just actually just changed the color of the font. Okay, that's not what we want. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So it's kind of just calling people out. It's, um, you know, supporting them. We do, I do like little bonuses for them. I might, you know, surprise them with like a gift or, you know, a, you know, a gift card or whatever like that because they do work hard for me. And um, I do appreciate because I could, I could not do it alone because of all the other shit that I have going on. I heavily rely on my team, not just because they're my team for my company, but like, I cannot operate without them, you For know, sure. so. I remember a year ago, sorry, uh, you said that you had four employees, one of them being your sister. Yes. Is it hard to not demonstrate some nepotism towards your sister? No, you know, I, tr I you know, and I treat her just like an employee cool. and she's, she knows how I am. And, uh, cause obviously I've known her my entire life and she'll tell me something. I'm like, yeah, I already know that. That's why that's there. She's like, okay. And the other day she's like, I'm just not going to tell you or suggest anything. Cause you've already, you already know what you're doing. So I'm not even going to say it. So she kind of like, you know, teases me that way, but. She treats it though, that's a big thing. It's like, it's not just me treating her and like an employee. She treats me like her boss, not her sister. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't try to, you know, she doesn't take advantage of the situation whatsoever. If she's going to be five minutes late, she texts me and says, hey, I'll be five minutes. You know, she's very respectful of the position and the opportunity. Um, so it's been absolutely wonderful. And I mean, we've gotten along our whole lives. And so I didn't expect it to be anything difficult, but sure. she, she totally gets it. So I'm super fortunate there because I know a lot of times when you work with family, that's not the case. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Something that I think really speaks to your guys' culture with First Form and your own business is yeah. the fact of you guys are together a lot. Like you guys had- Andy it, and I? No, like or the, everybody, everybody in the organization. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I find it like usually in situations like that, the more time you end up spending with somebody, you end up like, I do not like this person. Yeah. But I think it shows how strong your culture is that yeah. you can have an event like you had last weekend and you come in on Monday and you guys are- it's like no big deal. Yeah. We go right back to work. It's not yeah. like a friendship per se. It's just the culture of the right. whole organization. Right. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, because everybody's so like-minded. You know what I mean? Everybody here wants to win. You know, yeah. anybody with any companies or any affiliation with any of the businesses that Andy and I have, that's what they want. We all want the same thing. And we all understand there's like, this is the one common goal and we are all are a part of it. And it's like, you know, you can't play Django without all the pieces, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of what it is. Like we have to have all these pieces in play to be able to reach, you know, our final goal, which there's no real final goal. There's no finish line. We always say it's just right. how far are we from the starting line. That's what we look at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to think about it. And I think it. I think it is impressive how many businesses that you have. And one of those is that I wanted to talk about was your women in business workshop. Mm -hmm. So interestingly enough, we actually started our own. Um, 
you could call it a networking event, but I think we all kind of hate that term. Like it's just a bunch of like-minded people that get together and we have no fucking clue what we're doing, but we know the goal from everybody is to just get better. Yeah. Right. And so we're figuring it out as we go. Is it go. called bros in business? Now it is. <laughs> Coin that. hundred percent. We're trying yeah. not to single out uh, just bros. We're trying to get some some girls in there. Too. Girls could be yeah. bros if you spell it B R U H, right? There, maybe I don't know. Is it sure? We Does do. that make it? I've heard. Yeah, I've heard girls say they're bro girls, but if it's B R U H, not B R O. Oh, see, I would call That's, that bruh. <laughs> bruh. B-R-U-H. Yeah. Bruh. So, anyway. Bruh. So there. Delete that whole what I just no. said. No. I'm just kidding. Don't. You don't delete. I don't give a shit. Uh, so well, we can delete that if we can cut my six failed intros. No, we Absolutely keep, we're, not. Yeah. We're we keep in bulk. Yep. Um, but we think it's really cool. Uh, I think one of the questions I had, and this is for us selfishly, it's like you are, you're at a point where you max it and you cap it at 60 people. And knowing how big you are on the, like, the Instagram platform and mm-hmm. everything else that you have, it's like I know it could be a lot bigger than that. So yeah. one, why cap it? And two, well, let's just start with that first because I want to talk okay. about the structure and stuff, but yeah. let's just ask why cap it. So as of so I had 60 and then last year I actually did have 75 and that'll be the max. It's okay. capped at 75 now. I do that because the culture, again, because the thing is I have 75 women there. I don't want to have 300 people there and then they can't make those one-on-one connections. They don't have enough time to connect. I don't get to talk to everybody because you guys, like any events, you can't talk to every single person. I want to be able to talk, have a right. meaningful conversation with every single woman there yep. over that three days that we're together. So the 75 is just something that like, I just felt like that was the happy place because the first year I did it, it was 35 and then we did like 55 and then we did 75, you know? So I felt like, okay, that's a good amount of people because then it's still, you know, we make closer relationships. That more way. Intimate, it keeps it a more, sure. way more intimate event. Yeah. Then we get more questions answered when the speakers speak, you know, they can do Q and A and then more people are heard. And I just, I don't know. I'm just, I think that a lot of people are, almost um, exhausted by these massive 2,000 events. And, you know, and you just go and you sit and you hear. You hear somebody talk and that's it. Yeah. You don't get to have the dinners and the connections and, you know, make those relationships. And I have a lot of women that started, they started um, doing business together. We refer each other to each other's businesses and also outside of the women in business. It's like, it's a group we run the whole entire year, but we meet in person once a year. And it's just kind of when, and the thing is, I'm so fortunate because when tickets go on sale, I have no idea who's getting a ticket. It's like, hey, tickets go on sale here. Yep. They sell out in usually a minute or two, and then that's it. And so I was always scared of like, if I grow this bigger, am I going to get a cancer in the group that's going to ruin this culture? So that's kind of what um, in the beginning kept me to keep it small. Because yep. I'm like, I, if you can reduce the number, you can reduce the cancers. But I have not had any, not a single person that has ever come to any of them that has been an issue or a cancer or has tried to like ruin the group. How many years now? This will be the fourth year coming up. The fourth year? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then uh, big question there is when you started out, how did you structure it, right? Because like we are still meeting. We've only done one before, but we were talking about like how we want to do it. And we've mm-hmm. got people that are like corporate guys that are aspiring entrepreneurs. And we've got like people who have been and owned a business for over 30 years. Yeah. And we're trying to figure out that comfortable in between because some people, a lot of people want to get better. Everybody does. Some people want help. Some people are going because they feel like that they can help other people. Right. So, like, how do you how do you structure that, or how do you like even set up something, especially for you that you're only doing one event a year? Mm-hmm. So, starting in 2022, I will do more events of them because of the demand of ladies that would like to come, and I won't I won't go over 75. So, I need to do more, and then do like a conference where you know we can a, a larger group can come together, yep. maybe like a one day type event. Um, but for that, as far as the structuring, the same thing. I have women that are just starting in business, like some that just have their domain bought that haven't done anything yet. And then I have women that are, you know, seven figure earners or, you know, sometimes eight. But it's cool because then the women that are just starting out can look at the women that are further down on their journey and learn a lot from them. But it's helpful because people say, well, what are the what are the people that have been in their journey for a while? What do they get out of it? The thing is, those people oftentimes forget the little things that got them there. So these girls are a reminder to those women that are further down the road of like, hey, you still have to do this. You still have to do stories and be, you know, be active on your stories and share more of your lifestyle and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the appreciation for customers and stuff, you know, you don't ever want to lose sight of that. So when I structured it, I actually, um, I'll be honest, I had zero structure to it. I mean, I know what I wanted to deliver. I know I wanted speakers. I know I wanted this impact. I wanted, I know what I wanted out of it. 
But with me not having control of who purchases tickets, that's hard to actually structure it before you even know who's there. Yeah. So when people buy a ticket, now they get a questionnaire. What do you do? What are your social handles? What are this? Blah, blah, blah. And then what I do, we do con- like um, small groups there so the girls can get together and work within groups. And I assign them their groups. So in these questionnaires, they have to fill out like, what are your top three issues in your business? And then I can go through and I find out women that have been, if I print out all the forms and my assistant and I, we sit on the floor and we stack them in stacks of like, this person's just starting out in the financial business. This woman has been in business for 10 years in the financial business. I automatically put them two in a group together. So I work with women that have the strengths and the weaknesses of others. So that way that there's strong women in the group that can help the ones that are suffering in those same categories and then vice versa. So that's how I work the groups and that's where the power is because then they immediately have a connection with people that have a strength that they don't or those people have a strength that the other person needs. Yeah, I love that because yeah. we're that's our thing is we're at what? We'll have like 23 people mm-hmm. um, at the next one and it's kind of yeah. like, we want to make sure everybody's getting value out of the out of that. Exactly. Oh, they're not going to come back, right? And we yeah. don't want it to be some like B&I bullshit where you go and everybody yes. exchanges cards. It's actually like no cards exchange. You're really just talking out like yeah. problems it's completely and free. Yeah. yeah. So it's like how do you, as we grow it because we want to we want to impact as many people as possible, yeah. but at the same time, the more people you add, the less value you can provide. Right. right? Yeah. So. so it's that that's the thing is that you know the value add can come from you indirectly by having these types of groups that they can work within because then they help form um, stronger relationships with just maybe if it's five girls, 10 girls, whatever it is, um, they have each other to lean on because they discuss these things. And I had um, a woman there, she's an influencer. She's got like 20 million followers, I think. And she told me, you know what her biggest weakness was? She didn't like to be on camera. She didn't like to do video, but that's how she makes her living. And she doesn't like to talk. She's got a beautiful accent and she doesn't like to talk because of her accent. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like your accent's (laughs) fucking sexy. Like you need to talk about everything. And then it was cool to see her. She went home and now she does videos all the time. And she's she's just a good, solid human, period. But to see her like flourish, because you would never think somebody, oh, they have 20 million followers. They got this stuff figured out. No, that like who would have thought that that was her, this beautiful woman that's got this beautiful accent and she didn't want to talk on camera. Like, it's just crazy. So it's just cool to see people kind of like blossom out of that. But um, yeah, the value comes from the network. That's what I was saying. It's not me. It's not what I'm delivering. It's not what the speakers are delivering. The value is in each other. And like, I like that you say like network. It's like, I hate that word too. It's It's like, it's cheesy because I do think about the B&I things and everybody exchanging cards and it's always slimy. It's like, like, even in town, we have the Cortex or whatever and they have this thing. And I went one time to network or whatever yeah. and people and you get this badge and it'll say like how many times you've been there and everybody's been there like a hundred plus times it's like the same people that's the thing over yeah. and over and it's like what there's no fucking value here yeah and the thing is i feel like when it's networking it does it's like grimy it's like there's some yeah, sort of like, like it's like a first date like i gotta get something <laughs> yeah, out of this like but it's you know it's always about relationships first like i have a book coming out in march called relationships first it's my first actual like business book oh, that cool. i wrote and that's what it's all about like the importance of the relationships that you build and like that you can call it networking if you want, but it's just hanging out and, you know, having a beer, having a drink, you know, talking about your dogs, whatever it is. That's how business happens. It's not by like, hello, what what do you do today? What's, <laughs> yeah. what's your KPI for your Here's business? It's like, yeah, it's just cheesy <laughs> shit. Well, it's, it's just very transactional, right? And, totally. And, and I think what you're talking about, it's like all things created people, all things created equal, people buy from who they like. Absolutely. So, and who they trust. Yeah. So it's like getting that trust mm-hmm. before and then it's just so much more fun to do that. Because I've got like, through my business, it's like, I've gained friends through doing yeah. business. It started out as a client. And then it's like, now I see these guys like invited to weddings and stuff like yeah. that. And it's like, that's the cool stuff. Because you can see your product, your service or whatever that is. Right. Helping out a friend's business. So somebody exactly. that you have a personal relationship with. Exactly. And that's what's so nice about it too, is because, you know, with these women in the women business group, that's what we all do. We just like, we're end up, we all do business with each other. It's not because we're just friends. It's like, we genuinely like the product. And guess what? Then you have 75 women that all love your product. And then 75 women are buying it. 75 women are posting on their Instagram store because they want to help their friend out. And that's 75 more networks that your product's getting eyes on. You know what I mean? So it's a, but it all starts with just having a real genuine conversation with nothing and you know it if you don't make the sale that's fine at least you made a new friend right mm-hmm. so it's just it's going at it with the right mentality instead of it being strictly transactional because that's just everybody feels that it just it's just i don't know i just it's grimy yep 100 percent. so uh one of the questions that i had you did an episode on your podcast curious me it was called uh, get your groove back creating a good routine the interesting part about that well at least it stuck out to me is <clears throat> you didn't say like hey like 
for your routine, you have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning. Or, Gross. Or you have to, <laughs> or you have to do seventy-five hard, three sixty-five. Yeah. Uh, the emphasis was on the fact that you have a routine, yeah, as opposed to just what that routine is. Yeah. Can you talk about why that is? Yeah, I just think it's just so overplayed of like the only way you can be successful or do anything is you have to get up at 4 a.m. and then stay up till midnight. Like that's not healthy. You know what I mean? People are biologically wired to have different hours. You know what I mean? Like I'm more of a go to bed later and I get up, we get up, you know, 7.38 and then I have a slow morning. I really don't start my morning like hardcore until probably like 9.30 or 10 because I like to get up and like hang out with the dogs. You know what I mean? It's like, I just kind of, I like those slow mornings and fast days because my, after 10 o'clock in the morning, my day is just boom, 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 boom until six o'clock at night. And then I make dinner and whatever. But um, it's, you know, I, I feel like people, just, they put so much emphasis on trying to have this like hardcore routine. I saw Instagram really the day, this woman has a five hour morning routine. She gets up at four, she has a five hour routine and then she starts her day at nine. Like why is that? Like, I can't help but think, that's is that so you can just say you have a five hour routine? Like that's, it's just so strange to me. But it's, it, you have to find out what works for you. If you're more productive, only being awake 12 hours a day, but you can get a ton of shit done, do that. You don't have to have these crazy hours. I feel like all the like fake entrepreneurs and shit on Instagram, they always post like, you know, the no sleep stuff yes. and all that kind of stuff. And that's not, that's not healthy. Not everybody's wired to operate like that. No, uh, very few people are. Actually, we had Craig Valentine on. Craig's yeah. friends with uh, Bedros, Cool, mm-hmm. and, and uh, he was talking to us about that. And it's like these people that have this like, okay, so I'm going to wake up. I'm going to take a morning run, right? I'm going to visualize for an hour. I'm yeah. going to then I'm going to do this yoga and then I'm going to do gratitude for 45 minutes. Then I'm going to take another run. And then it's, right. like, it's like those people, it's like they're wasting hours of their day that could be productive. And he's like, he's not saying don't do it. Right. But it's like, especially like if you're going to doing all this difficult shit, then it's like how much of your battery do you have left for the actual work Absolutely. that you need to do? Yeah, it's your bandwidth. You know what I mean? I always say like operating your hours of your zone of genius, you know? And I know when my, you know, from, you know, 10 to three, those are my great time. And then I had like a little bit of a slump for about an hour, hour and a half. And that's when I usually work out because I don't want to waste my zone of genius when I know I can be like cranking shit out, you know, working or whatever. I'll just go work out. Yep. That gets me back in the swing of it and I'll finish out my day and then, you know, make dinner and do all this, that kind of stuff. But it's, yeah, we don't, that structure, like you said, like that's too much bandwidth in the beginning of the day. And I can't help but people that, I can't help but think people just do that because they just hear it and they're like, oh, well, I need to do all that stuff then. You know yes. what I mean? Like, Success because zombies. someone else, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. someone else does it. That's, you know, I don't meditate or like I visualize and I, you know, write I write three things I'm grateful for, my planner, that's it. I don't have like, this huge documentation thing. That was actually part of the, what inspired me to even start my own company with the planners because I got tired of looking at planners where I had to document my mood and, you know, yeah. what is this and my my <laughs> affirmation for the day. And this, like, that's just not me. Right. It's great. If that works for people, that's everybody, you know, different strokes for different folks, mm-hmm. but- you just have to find what works for you. Yeah. So I saw yeah, you've obviously done seventy five hard, but I was trying to look. Have you done the full live hard? Yeah. Yeah. I okay. did that uh, twenty nineteen. Okay. So this is just mine because, like I said, I just uh, went through phase one. Not to brag, but kind of bragging. Congrats. Congrats. Uh, but <laughs> no. But realistically, it's like how didn't much mess that one up. How yeah. much? <laughs> <laughs> how much of a game changer is it? Just adding the three critical tasks and the visualization. Oh, it's massive because it's, yeah, it's huge. Until people do it, they'll never understand it. They don't understand, oh, well, it's three things. What does that matter? I'm like, three things every single day is huge because then it's, people tend to put off, I, I have a saying like, do first what you don't want to do most. Mm-hmm. And that's what my three things are. I've made my three things, the shit that I don't want to do that day. And then I do those first because then it's, I feel so good about it. It's like you, wake up, you get them done, you already have a weight lifted off your shoulders that you got them done that day. But it just offers you like more mental clarity. You It builds your confidence like massive because you're like, okay, I'm getting shit done. Yep. And it doesn't have to be these like, run a marathon is one of my critical, it, does, it doesn't have to be that. It could be like, you know, Andy, I was like sending an email. It could be me going over quotes for new products or whatever. And you know, whatever it might be, but it's, it's just shit that, you know, has to get done that day. It's going to move you forward in your business. And if I do not do that, I immediately will like feel myself slipping and I feel terrible about it, you know, because it's like I can't get everything done. So I do five, like my five things every day that's in the planner. It's got the top five on there. But then adding on as you move through the phases, you'll add the three things on to your already five. So you'll have a total of eight with your, you know, keeping a power list. Yep. Um, And you can get, you can knock those things out by noon and have the rest of your day. Yeah. It was an absolute game changer for me. And obviously everything else with that, because even though like 
the the workouts and the diet and everything, you yeah. you can't necessarily see a direct correlation. There always is. So I guess that was my next question. Question, right? Having the businesses, doing seventy five hard challenges, like how do you stay so disciplined, especially like on the diet side of things? Yeah, you know what? It's it's this is going to sound so weird, but I'm I like food, but I'm not. Um, what I'm trying to say here, I don't get hung up on food. It's like. Mm. Food's almost, I think, and this is because of doing something I've hard and being so disciplined with my diet during that, that I kind of just like, oh, I can eat whatever. Like, I'm not craving anything. And you just, you lose kind of a taste for the junk, yep. if that makes sense, or like the indulgent foods. But, um, you know, staying disciplined with that, I operate better. So when I, we talked about before we went on air of like, when, if you're off the program, you eat pizza and everything, which is great. Everything in moderation, right? I'm not, you know, saying that's bad, but it weighs you down. You feel that brain fog. You don't feel like you're a sharp. And I realized that I can correlate, I can put those two together and know like when I don't eat right, I don't feel as good, therefore I don't perform as well. So it's a driver for me in the success of my business that I keep my diet on point, that I keep my mind clear and sharp because I'm more successful that way. Because I, from doing 75 hard, I can tell like the business has grown in every business that we have because we're both like high operators now because we are keeping our shit so dialed in. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you guys write down goals at the beginning of every year that you track towards the end? Because I'm I'm writing down a goal just recently that was next summer. I planned on like being invited over to a pool party. That's smoke, not happening. Smoking a cigar. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> smoking a cigar with Andy. <laughs> So not where, into it, not my thing, or whatever that reels is. Next question. Yeah, move, moving on. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you want to come to the pool party and have a cigar? Yeah. So what what are the percentages of that happening? You think? Well, remember no, how you asked me where too. that ranks on my list, and I said where's the bottom of the list? That's yeah. down there that? with it. Yeah. Okay. I think it's like right after it. Oh, okay. it's after Will you get it a tattoo of you at the pool party? Yeah. 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 I'll get it right there. Yeah. So no, he brings a kiddie pool at the end of the driveway, and he's yeah. like, "I'm kind I of was here. there. <laughs> I told you I'd be there." No. Uh, anyway, check. okay. So go ahead. Seriously, no, no. though. So what when you guys track your goals, it, yeah. do you guys do that like January first, like you know, New Year's resolution type thing? Do you write that down and then do you sit there and look at it as a win if you got there, or is it like at least we attempted, even though we may have failed, we learned something from it? No. Um. So Annie and I both goal set separately. Um. I actually write my goals down every single day. So I write the same goal that I set in the year, and it could be if there's five things, I rewrite those five things every single day, and that's part of my visualization. So I have a certain, um, so in 2020, you know, COVID lockdown, you know, nobody's traveling, school's out, nobody's making plans. And me, I launch a freaking planner company where you're going to write down where you're going, what you're doing, and nobody's doing this, right? So I was like, damn, was this stupid or what? So I write it down in my uh, journal every single day, the numbers that I wanted to hit for the year. And I hit them almost to the to the T, and I grew 124% during 2020 when nobody was yeah. doing, you know, going out or anything. So it was just one of those visualization things. Like I want to see these numbers happen. So every single write down, I write down, um, you know, what I want for myself um, physically, mentally, and then also for my businesses. So I do that just, you know, daily, and I do reassess that. So it's like every single day you're checking. Every it. single day I'm checking it. So it's not that I just write it down and put it away. It's the act of me writing it every single day that it, it it like ingrains it in my head. And I feel like doing that, I can't not reach my goal because of that because I'm constantly reminded daily. Yeah. As far as uh, you mentioned wanting to hire four more people. Yes. Right? And uh, one of the things that I think a few of us in our businesses are doing right now is hiring people to do the things that we shouldn't be wasting time doing. Yeah. So how did you, I guess, how did you pinpoint that right away? Because you, right away with your business, you had four people hired. Yeah. Right? And then it's like, okay, what does Emily work on to make sure that the business moves forward and that you hit those different goals? Right. So how do you figure out how to delegate, what to delegate? And then, I mean, obviously you achieve those goals. So how'd you get there? Yeah. So I look at it as, okay, what do, what do I need help with? And I kind of, maybe I'm a little bit um, different than most business owners because I have to look at it from the aspect of, I have to be able to have enough time available to run my other businesses, my coaching business, run Arte, run Andy's brand. I have to be able to have that bandwidth for all of that. So my thing is, is what do I absolutely have to do? So I don't look at what I need to delegate. I say, what are my priorities that nobody else in the business can touch? 
that's taxes, that's payroll, that's that kind of stuff, right? So then I need people that can do other things, you know, designers. I need some, you know, I need someone in-house that can handle this stuff. I need, you know, I need somebody that can just be like pack orders. Actually, I need two people that can just pack orders. I need another person that can monitor the website and, you know, traffic and customer care and customer service and things like that. So it's finding what I have to do and then finding other people to do the rest and figuring out the bandwidth of that. So it's kind of weighing it. It's like, okay, well now we're actually increased to this much business. So, okay, such and such is spending eight hours a day packing orders, but their strong suit is actually handling, you know, updating photos on the website and getting descriptions and, you know, talking to our web developer and things like that. So I need to alleviate them from packing orders all day to, you know, freeing up five hours of their day to deal with website and customer service stuff or whatever. So then I need to find somebody else to plug in there. So it's kind of like a plug and play. There's not need to sort of like set like, this is how you do it. It's kind of like, oh, fuck, we need somebody for this. And hurry up, let's find somebody. You know what I mean? So it's kind of just moving people around till we get like this complete harmony where everybody is just like humming along and it's almost seamless. Because my thing is, is I'm involved in the business every day. I'm here every day. I see the girls, but it should be where I have it set up to where I can not even be there and it should run exactly as if I were there. And that goes back to like the culture and the core values and Absolutely. holding it up. So so what's the goal in 2022? For As far as, it, was it percentage-based as far as your um, that goal? Yeah, it's percentage-based. Um, however, the percentage I know is not going to be, I can't say not going to, but it's going to be different because again, we'll be moving into commercial space. So I'll have a build out on that. Sure. I'll have, you know, you know, my leasing and everything like that, all the other utilities, because right now I don't have that. Um, so it's moving to that space and doing the build out on that. So yes, the percentages, it's um, having my full staff. I'm launching another component to my brand, actually two different components to the brand um, in January, as long as we're good to go um, with employees and everything that I have the bandwidth to do it. So that's kind of the build up here. So it'll be three different segments of the paper and plan company for 2022 and a new location. Yeah. Awesome, but terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> what, what uh what's the worst question you've ever been asked on a podcast or interview? Probably like when people ask me what the worst question is. Mm, that's a- <laughs> 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 Wait, so do you no. uh, if you don't remember this, Dan last year asked you a kill fuck Mary, which Wait, on one yeah, of your recipes on one of your recipes. <laughs> so they told me to do it. I know, like, why am I going to f a cookie? <laughs> That's like American pie stuff. I am matching the pies. Oh no, um, I actually don't know. I've I don't think I've ever been asked any like questions that I don't actually like, honestly, because I'm pretty like just go with the flow. But if somebody ever asked me something, you know, that I'm just not comfortable with or something, or that's blatantly just like stupid. Yeah. I'll be like, you seriously want me to answer that? And I try to do it in a way where like, then they're like, they get the vibe, you know what I mean? Right. But yeah, I no. honestly, at the top of my head, I honestly can't say that I've ever been like. Yeah, it's okay. I just wanted to bring back up yeah, that he just Dan asked to, you kill fuck Mary. So you just wanted to like get a little. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over food. Uh, yeah. Um, did you guys have anything before the OnlyFans question? Yeah, I had I had one more thing. Um, so we obviously have these masterminds. So I think, we're, well, what are, we, what are we calling them again? You said- You're going to call it- You're going to call it- Business um, with bros. Bro, bros and business. Bros and business. Yes, yeah, so, but we're going to spell it B-R-U-H-A-S. Bros well, and bros. you could bros. do B- You call it BIB. Bros and business. Perfect. B-I-B. BIB. Perfect. We'll yep. pay you something in that. That's I don't it. know. But with that being said- I'm just going to hurry up and buy the fucking domain and Shit, then sell it to you guys. Right. I'll squat right. on it. Us out. Dude, I had somebody squat on my domain, my emilyforsella.com. Because really? like, yeah. So, okay, let's just share this with your listeners. Yeah. If you start a brand. Even if you call, so I started a brand. Fit, so it was my very first business when I was 20. You guys, it was like a flower shop. So I, it wasn't like when you had the websites built. You know what I mean? I was like in person, brick and mortar, whatever. So when I wrote my cookbook um, like six years ago, I bought just fithomeandhealth.com because that was going to be the business I was selling my cookbooks under, blah, blah, blah. And I never thought that Emily Frisella would be an actual brand. So I didn't think to buy it. So like a year after my cookbook came out, I tried to buy it. And this, someone had it, and I reached- You can call I, her a bitch. I worked through, I think it was a dude. He's a bitch. He's a bitch, yeah. So uh, he cannot be in bib, okay? No, he's out. He needs to put on a blacklist. He's fucking out. So, was anyway. it Andy? Huh? Was it Andy? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm gonna get her. I own that. Wait, yeah. So I, uh, I, try, I worked through a broker, and I tried to get it, and the guy wanted $75,000 for it. And wow. I was like, no, this guy can F off. So anyway, I just let it go. And then like two more years went by and I tried to get it again. Then he wanted 50 grand. And I was like, this is not happening. So just recently, literally in the last six months, I was buying a domain for my Freedom Reads, my book club that um, me and Dr. Gabrielle are starting. And uh, 
I was like, I'm just going to see just for shits and giggles and see if it's around. And it was available. And it was like a lot cheaper than 50 grand at the time because the guy let it expire. So I had to call and to buy it because I guess, I don't know why, but you couldn't buy it on, online on GoDaddy. So I call them and they're like, oh my gosh, you got this just in time. It just came up about two weeks ago. So the guy finally let it expire. So I feel like I ultimately won that one and getting my domain back. So that's why I switched. Now it's all just emilyforsella.com is my website now. Yep. But just a word of the wise of anybody <laughs> yeah. that's starting a business, no matter what it is, buy your name or some component Personally, of your dude. name when you start so you don't have someone trying to like squat on it. That's good to know. Yeah, for Would, sure. I don't know if there'll be a bobbydrummond.com, but I hope there is one day. Guess yeah. I should buy it. No, you, you should, should just buy, buy it. No, you should buy yeah. it. I already bought I it. I seriously have. You already I, bought the ungrinder.com? No, no, Bobby Drummond. Oh. <laughs> Guess, no, you're going to die. Guess how many domains I own? 174. Holy shit. <laughs> because of they're stuff. They're cheap. Pro, yeah, they're yeah. cheap. They're like, a, you get it for $1.99 or yeah. 11 But the thing is, it's like stuff that is pertaining to you. You know what yeah. I mean? So Paper and Planco, I have to have paperandplanco.org, .net, dot, you know what I mean? And you need to have all the components of it. So it's Emily Frisella you know, any component of that or the Emily for seller, Emily, you know, all those kind of jazz. There was stuff. a story that Taylor Swift bought up every, everything related to her. Like if it was sexual, if it was anything, yeah. she bought thousands of domains. Taylor Swift doesn't have a bellybutton.com. <laughs> Just like Wait, crazy. What? There was a whole thing around that <laughs> was going around not? the internet. No, I think the thing was she would wear like these, uh, swimwear bottoms that always covered Cover up her, her belly, belly button. button. And everyone's oh, like, okay. does Taylor Swift have a belly button? And there was this like this thing. This was years ago. I don't know why I remember that. But that's yeah. fetish no, much? We're, we're no. saying, <laughs> that's no. Bobby's kink. <laughs> Pop culture. Like yeah. I, I just want to know what's going on. Okay. Every once in a while. Yes. Sure. But, yeah. but um, no, buy your domains. Okay, got it. So where I was going with bibs uh, <laughs> with that was, so we currently do not have any uh, women uh people that are participating in it. So yeah. women, people. But I uh, sound like Matt Kresko over here. <laughs> and uh, we would love to have you join us for one of those. We're oh, doing yeah, them monthly. Fun. So we know tomorrow's probably too short of notice for you. What? Um, tomorrow, we we have our second one. It's actually every. 45 minutes. Can Bob, you make it? Bob, you got to do the assumptive close. So yeah, tomorrow at 6.30. Can we lock in your spot right now? I can't. I've got an R take call. Sorry. And it's our anniversary. So. Okay. Well, oh, early congrats. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Nice. Well, we will let you know when the next one mm-hmm. is because um, we definitely want to get some more women involved in that and I'm sure that you could you bring some that, uh, great people. You may regret that, having me there. Bring some, <laughs> no, some people to. with you. you. Probably, I mean, you would definitely make us look like peasants and we, we want that. We want to remind you where you came from. <laughs> oh, I don't forget. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, cool. Any other questions before we get into OnlyFans? No, I, I have one more, and it is around, it, we didn't get into it, it didn't flow, but I'll ask. So one thing I'm fascinated by are people who can compartmentalize emotions. Yeah. So like, let's say you have to go and speak, but right before you had a massive fire in your business or some shit, yeah. your personal life come up, how do you go on that stage or how do you perform at a high level in anything that you do, knowing that other shit's going on externally? Like, how do you shut those emotions off to perform yeah. in the moment? Um, nobody cares what you're going through. They care what you can do for them. So I approach it at that. So I think, you know, what can I control and what can I not control? You know, I can control my emotions and I'm not going to let that out on someone else because if people come to hear me speak or at one of my workshops, I cannot reflect that. That's, that's, they came to see, you know, you at your highest level, not necessarily like right. me come out and be like, sorry guys, I'm just a little flustered. Like I just got the, you know what I mean? Nobody yeah. wants to hear that. Nobody wants an emotional dump on them. You know what I mean? So it's being able to realize like, okay, I can handle this in an hour when I'm done. And why are people there to support you and to see you? Because we all see a lot of people just emotionally dumping on social media when you're following them for one thing or another. And it's not to hear them complain all the time. Because when you complain, you're you're showing that you are not in control at the moment. So I try to not complain. I mean, obviously it's natural, right? You're going to yeah. bitch and moan. Mainly bad drivers is my thing. But, <laughs> but no, I just, it, it's, it's keeping your composure and keeping yourself together and cool and collected because that alone can be something that inspires people because some people are not able to detach themselves from the what's going on currently in order to provide a better delivery or service to someone else. So it's, it's always thinking about, you know, the people that are there to see you, the people that are supporting you. Why are they there? They're not there to hear you say like, oh, fuck, we just had this, and a, you know, shipment right. was messed up. They don't care. Right. You know, so I just try to think about it like that, like what I can control, what I can't, so. Yep, great. So <clears throat> we're going to get into uh, the OnlyFans inquiry. This is where one of our fans gets to ask a question from Instagram, and you get to help them in real life. So okay. this question comes from Toman from Kenya, which is not surprising. Wait. he had the question on the last podcast, No, I think. 
Are you sure? No. I that, feel like that this was, that was, that was Lars. Lars from Denmark. Okay, I knew it was out of the country. So, so this is this is crazy. Do you yeah, guys have any United so States internationally? <laughs> we're, huge. we're number nine in Zimbabwe. Yeah. What is number, that? You guys were no, like number, one in Denmark the num- or something. The number nine. Right. Can't even go over there. We need security. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. the number Maybe nine. You're, is just, you're just fighting them off. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we're big over there. Eventually, we'll make it to the U.S. But that's, for now, that's so cool. That's honestly the thing about that. That's pretty cool. Like the way technology works it is that like you can reach people literally around the world. Yeah, no, it's we, amazing. We were higher than Andy, weren't we? Oh yeah, what? you we said on, in Denmark. I remember you guys saying Denmark, that last time. In Denmark, yeah. we were. I think we fell. Let me go in get Denmark. him, and you can tell him that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's now number he, one he's in like Denmark. Melts in his chair. He's <laughs> yeah. like, this. <laughs> I gotta go. I, I had this hard stop actually. Yeah. See you guys. Uh, so yeah, so we are about at that stop. But so the last question is uh, from Toman is, uh, I want to start my own business, but I'm afraid with all the inflation, it's going to restrict me. Do it. Don't do it. What do I do? What business? So there, Toman was not very specific here. So this is not a great question, but why don't we just do it as this? For somebody who is afraid, because everybody's got an excuse, yeah. right? The lights yeah. are never green type deal. Right. For just a general, like, should I start my own business to anybody? Because there's obviously a lot of listeners out there. Yeah. At least 800 on Instagram. Yeah. So what would your <laughs> advice be? So I always think it's if you have something that you can innovate and different and it's going to strike the market and something you're passionate about, then yeah, you should. If you're just wanting to start a business to think you're going to get rich, this is not the time to do that. And you should never lead with that um, as your reason why. Every business I've ever started in my entire life has been to serve a purpose or to help people or fill a void that I found. Or if I couldn't find a product that I liked, I just decided to create it. Um, so with inflation, things like that, that's kind of, there's a nuance with that. It depends on exactly what he's wanting to do. But for people in general, it's study the market of so what, how has the inflation grown over the last five years? And then also obviously this year, is it something that's on pace? And if so, you need to pace it out with your price points as well to expect that. So if you find an average, uh, increase of inflation, that's going to be at a, you know, 2.7%, um, increase every quarter then you need to project that into your goals of like, okay, well, I was going to market at 50, but I better make it 56 to help kind of account for that. So it's taking that into consideration. But I feel that, you know, you will figure it out. You know, just it's starting, um, get in, I will say this, if it's a product-based service or service-based, service-based, boom, it's just you and your knowledge. That's easy. When it is a product-based like this, you need to take into account of right now, the problem is in the U.S. lease is the, um, the ports are all closed. So if you're importing anything, which I know he's in Kenya, but if you have import of goods, are you even going to be able to get the product though? That's the thing too, is like, because it may delay your launch. So financially, if he decides to start this business now, but yet there is a nine month lead for him to get his actual product in hand, he is going to be advance, advancing out his money nine months before he can even start to create a revenue for himself. So that's the thing you'd want to find a balance with as well of working with vendors, even though you'd be new, trying to work out a relationship with them where you can make a partial payment to them um, or you know, getting a little bit more creative in that regard. Because for a lot of people, when they start a business, they need to start getting a return within usually 60 days yep. um, to help fund things. So that's something though with the supply chain issue and inflation of like, how long are you going to be waiting for your product? Cool. Before you get revenue. Something so. I do find interesting about the inflation that I push, that I actually push more people to start their business towards is the fact of your money is not, you're not making money with it sitting in the bank. Right. As an employee somewhere, your salary is never going to keep up with the inflation at, that we're at right now. You're not going to get that pay raise with what you're getting, you know, what money is worth as it's going. Mm-hmm. Correct. So the only way I feel like you can live that life that is is comfortable or to do the things you want to do is to own your own business because you kind of, you put the cap on what you can be paid right. versus somebody paying you your salary every single year. Right. So that's yeah. something I do find interesting about inflation. No, totally. And the thing is, is that, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get, that yeah. kind of mm-hmm. saying, you know, and it's absolutely true because, you know, that's one thing that, you know, um, Andy has done, you know, like, to make up for inflation and we try to like take care of our employees in that regard. But you're right. Like if you start your own thing, you can find a way, like, let's say, you know, that, um, your gentleman in Kenya, he starts his business, but yet he needs another income. What else are you good at? You know, for me, that's kind of actually how I started my, with my coaching business. Um, whenever I launched my cookbook, because it's very expensive to produce a cookbook. Um, it's for printing in general, you do on Amazon. Amazon doesn't pay for four months. That's just how they work. And, you know, it takes a lot longer to recuperate your funds that way. And I thought, well, how can I self-fund my business without actually ever having to tap into my account? 
Yep. And that's what I did. I was like, oh, well, I'll just coach people. And then that just, that funded my business during those times. And it just took off. And it's just <clears> something that I've grown to enjoy so much over the last five years. Um, so it's something that created people like, oh, this is great. You do this. But they don't really know that I was doing it as a way to find have another source of income while I was working. So I have no cap on it. I can take as many clients as I want or I don't want. And I keep that income coming in. And there's virtually in. no overhead in that. There's zero. It's just, it's literally just what's been in my brain the last 20 years, yeah. you know? I yeah. just, I just started doing that. What? It's coaching? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's great. You know what the thing is, is that, different. and, huh? A little different, but same thing. Yeah. What? No, I just took over. Why are you being weird? Well, it just <laughs> makes it, <laughs> because it makes it sound like I'm like this like business coach and it's not what I am. So I don't want to no. come across as like You're fake. a life coach. Yeah. Basically, I take care of a guy's race car who lives in LA. He flies out. I work on it. I give him my knowledge of what to do yeah. on the track. So it's like, a different form of coach. I don't want to come across no, as like no, no, a no, fake no, that's entrepreneur good. type thing. No, 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 <laughs> yeah. no. I get that. Yeah, but it's a way that you're able to provide value to someone else and it helps you in exchange. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, I totally get that. And that's that's another way, you know, that people can do that. There's always another way to find a source of income. And the thing is, is that, you know, you're saying like, oh, like, I don't want to sound like a coach. The thing is, I feel like there's so many people that, and I know you're not. I'm just saying there are a lot of people that are claiming to be something that yeah. they're not. And there's no actual social proof <clears> to that. You know, it's like, Andy and I always talk about that. It's like the 19-year-old life coaches. It's like, dude, when I was 19, me? I made the most mistakes ever. You know what I mean? So like, how who, who am I to tell yeah. someone something? I was you know? sleeping till 3 p.m. Just getting hammered at Mizzou. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but no, I get that. Yeah, it's just finding other ways to provide income to help support your uh, goals and dreams. Because like actually our very first, our, my, our last house that we had, that was the house we were in when I launched my cookbook. And we had, a, you know, it was a nice, nice house. And you know, I could have bought a desk for my office, but I never did. I wanted it to be just from my income that I was creating from my sales. <clears throat> so when I started the first, uh, maybe probably four or five months, I worked from a two foot by four foot folding table and a folding chair and a spare bedroom. And that's all that was in there. And that was my quote office, but in this nice house, but it's like, I just, it was that pride of like, I want to be able to buy it from my actual company funds. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, that's incredible to me because it's like, you know, whether in like a situation like yours or whether like Brad, like his dad's done really well for himself in business. It's like usually when you have those opportunities to get things easy for you, it's like yeah. so many people take advantage of those as opposed to the two of you or like a lot of other people out there, but still the minority, it's like you want to work for your shit. Like you don't yeah. want that handed to you even though you have that opportunity. No, and that's the thing. I, I think that's that's a quality that I don't want to ever lose though. You know what I mean? Because like I started working when I was 14, so I could buy my house when I was 19. And then I started my business when I was 20. Like, it's always been important to me. I want to be able to earn it. You know what I mean? I don't want to be able to say like, oh, she's got that or that. She's only, you know, whatever yeah. people quote successful because of this or that. Like I want it to be like, no, I actually put in the work. And like, I wanted to have that semi-struggle, I guess you could say, yeah. um, to really appreciate it. And plus it makes you work harder because I want to be able to operate on only that. I don't want to have to fund my own company. You yeah. know what I mean? I want to be able to just like run just with whatever I work my ass off to make. Yep, that's awesome. And a big so, reason that we like you having on this podcast. Thanks for having me. Yep, we appreciate it, Emily. It was fun. <laughs> Thanks, guys.